Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for coming. <laughs> I hope we have a great uh, night together tonight. Um, you may or may not know that we have been doing a series on identity. And so if you haven't heard Craig from last week and Roz from this morning uh, on this topic and it's something you really want to lean into, I encourage you to get those messages because they are really, really wonderful. Uh, And so basically tonight I'm talking on identity as well. And when we're talking about identity, we're really engaging with that question of who am I? (laughs) And the use of the word identity, I'm going to put up a little slide, you know, other people can have slides, so I'm going to look at that, the use of the word identity. So this is where it's used, like in books or literature, over the last, look, since the 1800s, and you can see that spike right at the end. And so it seems that the more sophisticated we get in society, the more progress we make in so many areas, the more technologically astounding we are, we're more, we're asking the question more about identity or we're wanting to talk about it even more. It's really interesting to me, right at the end there, 1950, to, to, to where we are today. You know what happened in the 1950s? We adopted Darwin's theory of evolution in our schools as curriculum. So it was in the 1850, he, he wrote, it, wrote it, and then in 1950, um, it was basically accepted, you know, uh, as truth almost. <laughs> well, not by us, but by me, but um, and certainly taught in schools. And look at that. I, I think we have an idea. Well, you do. You have, it spoke into identity. Whereas prior to that, the world was basically had more of a Christian worldview as far as identity goes. So anyway, that, I just found that quite interesting. But a healthy identity allows for a healthy self-esteem. <laughs> and self-esteem is basically how I see myself, the value I place on my own self. And having a good identity helps that self-esteem to flourish and grow. Uh, It gives us confidence to embrace life, to accept opportunities that might come our way, take risks, try new things. It helps you to stay open, to grow and learn especially from your mistakes. So you can see how important it is to have a healthy identity. We all know, don't we? Well, we've all heard many times that who we are is not where we live. (laughs) Who we are is not defined by our education. Whether we've been to university or not is not defined by our HSC results. Thank you, Johnny, for that, um, reminding us about that. Um, Your ATAR, the job that you have, it's not who you know. (laughs) It's not who you're related to. It's not what you look like. We know that up here, but that is one of the greatest, you know, restricting identity things in our culture. 
All of these things do impact our lives or have an impact on our lives. But if we allow them to shape that question of who am I, then we are in trouble. Because those things are all changeable. And you'll be on rocky ground as far as your identity goes. And you'll be insecure at very best. So, as Christians, and I'm talking from a Christian um, viewpoint tonight about identity. Uh, So, being born again spiritually into the family of God, being a son or a daughter of God, means that, and I'm quoting the beautiful Bronnie Rainer from this morning who gave a testimony, I think you can hear it online as well. It means for us that who you are is defined by whose you are. Now, I know that God wants you to get that because he gave it to Bronnie as well as me. And your identity as a Christian is impacted by two main factors. The one, first one for me is that you are created in the image of God. And this is for all humanity. All a human, human life has incredible value because for a Christian worldview, they are created in God's image by God and for him. And the second is his incomparably great love that he has for you. They're the two things that shape your identity. Okay, I'm going to throw a couple of verses at you just to make sure you've got it. And you need to write these down um, and, you know, look at them later if you struggle in the area of your identity. John 1 verse 12. To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Galatians 3, 26 to 28. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. You are all one in Christ. And one more, 1 John 3, verse 1. How great the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. (laughs) And so the layering of what John was saying, sung that beautiful song over us about the the love of God for you, is that is the defining factor for our identity as Christians. Okay, a story. (laughs) It's a lot of talking, Donna. Come on, a story now. All right. You know... Many of you know my story and then it wasn't until my 20s that I began to deal with the effects of sexual abuse as a young child. Anyway, when that did come out in my family, one of my sisters said to me this day, Donna, if that happened to you, how come you were so confident as a teenager? Good question. (laughs) It's a great question and I did ponder about it and think about it but I had the answer and I said to her that I believe it happened when I became a Christian so I became a Christian at 10 (laughs) so uh, early early days I grew up in a Christian family and um, but they weren't there when I became a Christian I went to this little church out of Wanji actually 
And um, at the end of the service, they gave, he gave an altar call. My heart was just like pumping out of my chest. And I was very brave. And I walked to the front of this little old chapel and gave my heart to Jesus. Now, what happened to me? I had a very powerful encounter with God. And what actually it was, was this. In that moment, I was aware... <laughs> that he knew everything about my life and everything about me and everything that had happened behind every closed door that no one else had seen. So I had that on one side. I felt almost seen, known. There was nothing hidden. I knew he could see me. But then there's other, the, the other side was... I felt incredibly loved. One didn't detract from the other. So I had this incredible feeling. God knows everything about me and his love for me remains. And so that was how my entry into being a Christian. And so for that revelation, I thank God. <laughs> because sometimes People who haven't maybe had something bad happen to them don't really know they need God. <laughs> Whereas I never had that sense. I always knew there was something wrong with me. I felt like there was something wrong with me because I had all of that had happened to me. And I needed God desperately. And so for that, I thank God for that revelation because that was able to help me navigate my teenage years. Because it didn't make me perfect by any means okay um, but what it did it gave me courage and it gave me confidence it gave me courage to remove myself from those situations where that was happening to me and that never happened again from that moment on but it also did give me some confidence and the confidence came from that feeling I felt of love that God knew all of that and yet he loved me anyway um, and so <laughs> As I navigated through my teenage years, okay, with some behaviours that were certainly impacted by what had happened to me earlier, okay, I was not proud of some of my behaviour as a teenager. Um, and so some of those things, I can, I can tell you, I had lots of boyfriends. Um, not, not, I wasn't sleeping with them or anything, but I was, I did, I just went from one to the next. If it went any, and if it, went for a little bit too long or they tried to get a little bit too close, I'd just go to the next, next one. <laughs> Doesn't sound very good, does it? There was a little broken thing in me, okay? Um, and so I didn't like that about myself either. So I wasn't loving that about me, but I, it was something driving me from one person to it. And it was a broken thing that you can imagine was there. And, um, and so I'd go to bed at night. Now, I come from a family of five kids, and we had four girls in one bedroom. So there's not much quiet alone time for all you people who like your own bedroom and your, you know, and, and your journaling and all your quiet time. You can imagine there wasn't much in my life except for when I went to bed. I had a little nook in the corner of our big bedroom, and, and when, you, when I closed my eyes... God was there. Now, I was frustrated with, I would say, why am I like, why did I do that today? Oh, you know, and I'd be 
And you know what? That love was always there. So I, that helped me navigate my teenagers. It helped me say, make me want to get up the next day <laughs> and be a bit better. God, I'm going I'm to try and be a bit better than that tomorrow. I, it's not who I was. You know, my mum, in the middle of all, the, all of this, said to me one day, Donna, you are so fickle. Because I'd just shown her a letter I was writing to a boyfriend that I was breaking up with. Okay? Um, anyway, and I didn't know what the word meant. So I had to get a dictionary and look it up. So I looked it up and I read it in horror. Because <laughs> I said to myself, I know I'm acting like that. But that's not who I am. Something in me was wanting to resist taking that word on. And I'm so pleased I did because many years later, you know, as I went on a healing journey, God actually spoke into that very situation and he changed the word from fickle to faithful. And, and that's how, yeah, that's how we, it shaped my identity more. And I'm so pleased that I didn't allow that, I, that the love of God was strong enough that I didn't allow that and I did work that out to shape my life. Okay, a safety net's going to come up, um, I think, on the next thing. That's a safety net. Now, the next, and this is sort of like saying the same thing in a little bit of a different way. Um, when my mum passed away, which was about six years ago, God gave me this picture. It was a very strange feeling after um, my mum passed away. It was like I was feeling a little bit like tentative in life. Anyway, I described it, and God gave me this picture of a safety net, and that my mum's love had been to me like a safety net. You know how when you have a safety net, you're more likely to have a go, whether it's a tightrope thing. You, you, I think of tightrope walkers, but it can be anything. It can be, you know, climbing a, I don't know, mountain that they do, or you think of any, any dangerous thing. If there's a safety net, you're more likely to you know, give it a go, and, and, and it was like that, it was like God, it's like the safety net has been taken away in my life, because for me, my mum was like the person who, no matter what I did, um, and, and she proved this to me in my teenage years, I had to confess many things, um, that she still loved me no matter what, you know, when I confessed that I had not been at school, when I was supposed to be at school because I couldn't stand how nice she was being to me um, <laughs> because she made me soup and everything. I said I was sick and I had to come home and I wasn't really sick. And yeah, Anyway, I had a friend with me. I said we were both sick. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, she was so nice to us and then that night I couldn't live with myself and I had to confess to her. But her love didn't go away because I made that mistake. And so that's what it felt like. But after a while, God showed me that the love was, the safety net was still there. It was his love. So it was still there. And mum had just been that representation of that while she was here on the earth to give me that picture. But that safety net is God's love. With that safety net in place... You can have a go at life and know that if you fall, it's okay, okay, it's going to catch you. It's pretty important to know if that safety net is good quality or not. 
isn't it? When you, you might check, if you're going bungee jumping, you want to check the safety equipment. You know, you want to know it's good quality. Well, here's the quality of your safety net, okay? What can separate us from the love of Christ? Or what can break through the safety net of God's love? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of of God that is in Christ Jesus. The safety net is strong and it's in place for you with your identity in Christ. This means that you can be honest about your failings without fear of losing his love. When he called Peter to be his disciple, he already knew he would deny him. But he called him anyway. He knows your life and he loves you. Uh, It means that you can fail and you can get up And go again. You feel secure because that that safety net of God's love, his hands will catch you you if you fall off. And if you open the ears of your heart, your heart does have ears, um, you'll hear him say in that moment, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. There was a quote that I read on social media not that long ago. It's from Graham Cook. And he said, you must partner with God's affection for you and with the enthusiasm of the Holy Spirit for your life. You know, um, I just want to quickly share about the new creation, two things, the new creation and a transformation. The verses are going to come up there and you can read them. But basically it says that you're a new creation in Christ, okay? It is done. So you might say then, well, how come I'm not perfect? (laughs) Should I just leave now, leave the earth now, you know, and not do anything wrong? Does that mean I'm not a new creation? Is God, no, but what he's saying is your salvation is secure, in God is unchanged and is going to be unchanged by your behavior. Your behavior is not going to change. You're not going to get more saved and more saved if you're being real good, okay? And you're not going to lose it if you make a mistake. That part's secure. But there is a process and it's called the transformation. And that's the verse in Romans 12. Where it says there, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to test and prove approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. The com- conforming is the world wanting to shape your identity. So if you looked up the meaning of those words, conform is an external thing. It's like trying to squash something into a certain shape. And we all know that happens on a daily basis in our world. You know, trying to squash you into a, to conform. Uh, but God's process of transform is an internal one. So don't judge people by the external, okay? Remember, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. 
man wants to conform by outward appearance, but God is interested on the inside. So if we don't want people to judge us by what we look like or mistakes we've made, then we've got to get good at not doing that either. We've got to let people be, because basically that's what identity is. Learning how to just be, not do. Learning how to just be Donna with all my bits and bumps. You know, and we go on this journey of transformation that that you will engage with God for the rest of your life. I just talked about something that happened six years ago. You know, you think you've got it all nailed and then an experience of life happens and you realise, hang on a minute, i still got a bit to go in that area. <laughs> and you engage with God with it and you learn and you grow and you realign your identity back. You know, when I became pregnant in my 20s, I just blew up like a big balloon. There's no other word for it, Okay. There's other people and they just have this little tiny thing here. No, I blew up like a big balloon. Prior to that, I had never struggled with weight. I had been athletic. I I was skinny. I got teased for being skinny. But and so I in my head, I had said many times, I don't define myself by what I look like. Until that happened to me, and I realized I still have some a, a long way to go because I felt insecure in that moment and God was then through that whole process able to say Donna don't just let it be words up here it has to be tested and and then it becomes part of who you are you know there's a tribe in Papua New Guinea that has this amazing saying knowledge is only rumor until it lives in the muscle so that's what goes for all of your Christian principles, they're only rumours, they're only knowledge in your head until you live them out, until they're lived in the muscle, till God puts you in a situation where you have to be secure in who you are, where you have to be challenged by, you know, we, I, when I also had children, I didn't work and I didn't, I, I had worked full time since I was 16 till 26 and, and I thought I would never struggle with letting that go but I did have to wrestle or rumble with that and rumble with that with God I thought I didn't put my identity in what I did but then when I was a mum I was struggling with my value and I had to get God's word on that and change that so I'm saying that to say once you have your identity in Christ life is great You can be bold. You can be confident to go into life because every situation, God can teach you something through. If your value is not up for grabs, if you know who you are, you know you're loved by God, then you're more willing or more um, to take a risk. Try something. You might fall off. It doesn't matter. But you learn from that experience. So have that, I want to say, get that value in place and be open to opportunities, be open to learn and grow. And I would say rumble with it. So you set your identity in Christ. You might have to write all those scriptures down 10 times to get it in your head. And then you're going to have to say to God, help me to move it from here to here. And he does that through life experience. 
And you know what? Jesus is the one who validated our life here. He didn't save us and take us straight to heaven. He lived down here for 33 years or so. And so that puts value on your life here. And it's up to us to learn how to live our life to the full. That's what he wants. He came, Jesus came to so that we can live our life to the full. Suck the marrow out of life is what that sort of means. Make the most of every opportunity. Every interaction with someone is a life-giving moment. If you're secure in who you are and not insecure. And, and because when you're insecure, you're open to competition, to comparison, all the things the enemy wants to just rob from your life. But if you're secure in who you are, the sky's the limit. And God will give you a great life. You know, I'm, about, I'm going into another season of grandparenting. You know, and I'm open for God to teach me <laughs> things. I never had a grandparent that I interacted with much, and neither did Ivan. Much our children did, but we'd never experienced that. But that doesn't mean we can not do that. It means God can help us have an experience of life. If we're open to it, he can teach us. And we're going to keep learning, you know, till, till we do leave this earth. So I've gone a little bit over. So I want to pray um, for some people now. And the first, you know, you, know, you can turn the lights down or just, just have a moment with God here. Um, the first people I, w- I do want to pray for is for anyone who's struggled to actually feel the love of God in their life, in their heart. Um, Because sometimes we can know it in our head, but there's a block, something's blocked us. You know, I did realise in my 20s when I went on my journey of dealing with things that I had been stuck as a 10-year-old emotionally because... I couldn't forget, you know, I needed to process some that stuff. You can't just push things underground. I need to process stuff. I need to forgive. And, um, and then I could grow up emotionally. <laughs> I was sort of stuck. So sometimes there can be blockages there and we just don't receive um, God's love. And so tonight I'm just going to pray for anyone. And I'm really praying that as I pray, the Holy Spirit, Will I give you a download or be able to move something in you that would help that love translate from your head to your heart? So let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come before you now as your children. And we know your word says that you loved us so much. You gave your son for us. I just pray, Lord God, right now, through the power of your presence of your Holy Spirit, that you will come and comfort each person here. But Lord, for those who've struggled to receive your love, I ask in Jesus' name tonight that you will begin to transfer that love from their head to their heart. That you'll begin to remove, move things that have been standing in the way. Um, aside so that they can line up 
with who you say they are, that they are loved by you. And the next lot of people I do want to pray for is anyone who's struggling with identity. And, um, you know, the, the culture would say, um, and it used to be just girls that used to struggle with the looks thing, but it's not anymore. It, it's, it's in every area of life. It affects everybody. And, um, you know, God is so much more interested on the internal, the internal you, who you really are. And, yeah, I do want to pray for anyone who is struggling with identity. And so I've got my eyes closed, but I just want you to do something. I just want you to either raise your hand or st- it's just saying a declaration. God, I'm moving tonight. I'm moving from my old identity to your identity of who I am. I'm no longer going to be conforming, push from pillar to post from what the world says I should be or who I, what I should look like. I'm going to stand strong in my identity in you. And so, Lord, I pray for anyone who's struggling that area. Lord, make a de- put a deposit in their heart tonight about who they really are. Lord, I pray that their self-esteem, their value, the, the value that you put on them will just begin to rise, Lord God, that will help them make great choices, that will help them have freedom in their lives, that they'll be able to try things and do things and experience life knowing it doesn't matter if I make a mistake. I can learn from that because I'm still loved. It doesn't change my identity. I ask all of that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You know, if you're here tonight and you've never made a decision to identify as a child of God, as a Christian, I want to give you a quick opportunity to do that. You know, we identify, we be Come, it said in those scriptures that we read, by believing in Jesus Christ, we can become a child of God. Our identities change in that moment that we do that heartfelt prayer with God. And um, there might be someone here and, you know, you've been coming for a while. You've looked, you know about God, but you don't know him personally just yet. And I just want to give you an opportunity to do that. So can we quickly pray? And you can just pray along with me in your heart. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now just as I am, the real me. And I stand in your presence. I ask you to forgive me for my sin and for being distant from you. And tonight I choose to accept Jesus Christ as my own personal saviour. I choose to take on his identity that he gives me as a child, your child, child of God. And so I ask that you'll give me, um, that I'll be able to receive your love and that I'll be able to live out of that love for the rest of my life. Amen. Thanks, church. Thanks, Ivan. Thanks, Donna. Wasn't that a great message, church? Great message on identity, knowing who you are and who you belong to. Such. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.